Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. We are looking live at some of the more interesting fans out here in front of Arrowhead Stadium. We are Gojo and Golik. We are fueled by Campbell's Chunky. What the are they fueled by? The NFL. I, I, it looks like milk, but I couldn't be wrong. Oh, wow. I'm Mike Golick Jr. He's Mike Golick Sr. Andrew Hawk is kind enough to join us up here now on set. Hawk, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Loving it. Excited. NFL is back. It's a beautiful thing, man. That is incredible. What was what was I, I opening day is so much hope, not only for fans, but for players as well. The start of a new year. How, yeah. how, how did what was your feelings going in each year? Well, I play for the Browns, so oh, uh, wait, that's no. my hometown. Easy now. No, I know. I love I'm just saying it was the best moment because at that <laughs> stage we had a chance. You were 0 and 0. I was like, this is the year. This is like, this is going to be it. The hope was as high as it possibly could be. And then, and then be. by week three. And by week three, yeah. it was, you know. Yeah. That's the number one yes. thing people always ask. Like, the players is like, well, did you really think you were going to be any good at the start of every like, season? Yes. Yeah, you had to have no, that hope I, every year. It's every team, every player, every coaching staff. You get the T-shirts in the offseason. Four quarters every game puts it. And they have the Lombardi trophy. And the reality is... I mean, if you don't have one of the guys that's playing in this game, their chances are lower is all I'm saying. So so I'm trying to think of, and it was early for me with the Houston Oilers, I, I think the earliest for me was like week six or seven. We were all just in the locker room going, this ain't good. You know, yeah. and, and that, so how early? I know we're joking about week three in Cleveland, but I yeah, mean, no. at, at what point we're, you know, we're, and it makes the season a little tougher. It makes it long. Yeah. There were, it depends. It, it varies. So it was like I was in Cleveland for three years. I was in Cincinnati for three years. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I, I love my time in Cleveland. My whole family are Browns fans. It's who I root for. It's who I'm still connected to just because of the environment. But that first year, we started the season seven and four. And there was like, that doesn't happen Ooh, much in Cleveland. No. We were cooking with oil. 
Now, it was a Johnny Manziel year, and oh. we lost the last five. But yeah. then the year three was like we had cut a lot of people in camp that we were like, mm, he was pretty good. We probably should have kept him. And there was a lot of rookies around. Oh. And that was like my last year I played in the league, and I would go into games, and I would look across the field, and I would be like, we don't have a chance to win. Oh. And I had never oh. experienced that in football, and that's how I knew it was like, yeah, it's it's my time to go. And, and the toughest part is when you know some players have checked out. We also got yes. they had the U-Haul attached to the car, oh, yeah. you know, in the parking lot. You're and trying every, not to get injured so yeah. it doesn't ruin oh. your offseason. Everybody's oh, yeah. kind of playing for themselves, oh, yeah. you know, uh, that for happens. that next contract or something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And yep. Like, how much does that change as you go along, like, with your career trajectory? Like, do you remember uh -huh. your first opening NFL game of your NFL? NFL career, how different that felt versus how it felt later on once you kind of had that understanding of what you were walking into. Yeah, I, I think I mean, it waned a little bit as it went on but I will say, like, even in that last year, you still have to have the unrealistic kind of confidence in you, your teammates, the people around you, your coaches, your, but you're being fed because otherwise, an NFL season is long. There's no other way to make it through. If you go through with a pessimistic look on, like, what's going to happen, it will make a long season Season, feel unbearable and probably 10 times longer. I, I was on IR my first year in Houston in 1985. I came back in 86. My first tackle in my first game was Walter Payton. <laughs> I mean, and, and people are always like, wow, what was that? Like I said, at the time, it was just a number. Right. You know, it was, yeah. a, it was a play up the middle. I made the tackle. I got up. You know, I do what I normally do, step on their hand or something, you know, yeah, when I get up. Know. And, you know, I just think it's it, it, Sue on. Yeah. I always have to tell people every dirty thing I ever learned about football, I <laughs> got learned it from, from my father. Yeah. Now, like, now, I'll how say, the game was played. Later in that game, there was a wide play that I was out, and next thing I knew, I was on the ground, and he was running down the field. Yeah. But you don't even think about it at yep. the time. But but now, knowing, I was like, man, that's, that's, that's incredible, Payton, man. man. I know. I know. That's I, incredible. I wish my career kind of kept going that way. But, yeah, we've yeah. all been there, but that's how that's how the ranking system works. Yeah. I like, well, I would play against Ed Reed, and I would be so mad at myself, like, man, how did I let him undercut that pass? And now I look back, like, Ed Reed, yeah. there was no way you yeah. were ever going to catch that. What were you thinking? That's yeah. Ed Reed. It's like you do. You have to have that unbelievable yes. confidence in yourself yeah, yeah. even to yeah. get to that moment. Yes. And then in retrospect, you you learn that there's just you some know, like, people who's better is better what? than everybody else is better. Yeah, you zap at him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and we will get to, you mentioned it's a long season. We will get to some spicy takes about the upcoming yes. long season. Do I don't know if you guys, Chambles Chunky's got spicy soup now. I we mean, got spicy soup in front of us here on the set. Ooh. Dad, you and I are going to be sampling the spicy soup here. We've got the spicy chicken noodle. We've got the ghost pepper chicken oh noodle, my which I've been told is 13 <laughs> times spicier. I want to know how they measure that uh, stuff. It's incredible that they've got that kind of like soup Scoville scale. We're going to find out how they measure because we're going to take, and listen, we've, we've been eating Chunky all our life. I mean, yeah, we, see, we've been eating Camel's Chunky all our life. I, I was a child of the Donovan McNabb yeah. and his mom's uh, Chunky Soup campaign. You, you bought in. They got you the hooks early. into me early. early. Now you got I was Travis chugging. and Jason and their mom, their mother Donna, yeah. you know, doing the whole thing. I they mean, brought it back, man. This is awesome. They're awesome making it happen. Stuff. So we will get to the yeah. spicy takes coming up there. But I want to look at, at this game tonight with you, Hawk. And uh -huh. we've talked a lot about the Chiefs, and I want to get there eventually. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned playing for a team that was known as a perennial loser that you were trying every year to sort of revitalize yeah. there. That's been the Detroit Lions yeah. for a yeah. long time now. Their mm -hmm. first appearance on NFL opening night. As you now have been through the league as a player, as mm -hmm. you cover the league now, what's the toughest part about a team like that trying to make the jump now into a team with real expectations on them? 
You know, I, I think it is how they respond to situations like this, right? Like, you're in that locker room. You're on national television. Everybody is watching you. All eyes are on you. This whole philosophy that your coach has been preaching, that you have in the room in the signage, you're t hearing it in practice. The players that he's drafting and signing are, are people that he thinks also coincide with that. Well, now the eyes are on you. You have done well. How are you going to handle the spotlight? And I think situations like that make it the toughest, especially – when you're going against a generational talent like Patrick Mahomes, because even if everything goes right and you play impeccable, there is still a good chance yeah. that you could lose because Patrick Mahomes might have woke up on the right side so of the bed. So along those lines, we, we are all like, I, I'm picking Detroit to win the division. A lot of people say yes. they're, they're really rising up now. Mm -hmm. What happens if that happens in the game tonight? And, and I don't think it will, mm -hmm. but what happens if they get beat by three touchdowns? I mean, all of a sudden in that locker room, is it like, well, maybe we're not there. I mean, could that happen yeah. in week one? I think for a lot of teams and certain teams that I played for, that would have been the case. I don't think that that happens with the Lions because what Dan Campbell preaches is exactly that. And they could lose by, you know, three touchdowns because of the offensive juggernaut that the Kansas City Chiefs are. But I think it will be par for the course for them because we've seen them in seasons where they've getting their heads beat in. Right? Oh, yeah. They're like losing. And the thing that gave us hope about the Dan Campbell um, tenure was that his guys kept fighting yeah. to the end of the season. They didn't have any quit. They didn't have any, you know, uh, give up in him. And I think over time as he's added more players, they started to add the talent and more and more people have now bought in. It really is a way of life. So it does test that philosophy. Um, but I think from what we've seen from them, I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't the case. Talk about the beginning, though, when he was first named coach and, and yeah. being a player yeah. on that team and how what our thought process would have been. If you're on the Detroit Lions, they hire a new coach. You uh -huh. haven't met him yet. He's talking about how tough we're going to be. We're going to bite kneecaps. Uh. I know I'd sit there going, damn, training camp's going to suck. <laughs> yes, that's, that's number one. And, again, that's another, like, uh, in my experience, that is a place where I'm an expert, changing of coaches. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And so me and Joe Thomas would sit in the locker room, and as a new coach or an offensive coordinator come in, we would have our conversation. We'd wait for the first speech or the press conference. Yeah. And the first thing every coach says when they come into a team because they've lost, which is why you have a new coach, is – we need to be tougher. And we go, we throw our heads up and go, uh, yeah. here we go. Here we go. Who, man, we would have never thought of that, yeah. Coach. Never Crack heard that code. before. And it would basically set up what we knew was coming. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, you think it's a toughness But thing. what Dan yep. is selling, they're buying, though. But I mean, what Dan, Dan is the is man. Selling, yeah. is, we're buying. And I think the difference in what Dan does is I think a lot of coaches who do preach toughness, depending on what your angle is, but you come into situations where they haven't been successful, they haven't won games, and you're preaching toughness as a, it's a you problem. And I think what Dan has done is he's made himself relatable, and he's told the guys, like, hey, I've been you, I've been in your shoes. But not only that, he wears his heart in his sleeve, <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't think coaches realize how far that goes with players because you could cuss me out all day long if I know ultimately you do want the best for me. And ultimately right. you give 100%. a damn if I do get cut or you move on because you understand what my life goes through, and that helps you fight through and take the coaching and take the toughness and take the fact that, again, what you're saying and what you're being is genuine, and that motivates me to give you my best. Yeah, the words match the actions yeah, on absolutely. a daily basis. What absolutely. I've always said is the difference with every great coach I 
had ever been around here. And for these guys especially, you've got a whole staff full of former yep. players, guys mm -hmm. who all understand that experience, and are quality coaches. It's not like you're sacrificing yeah, no. one for the other necessarily yes. there. So we've got that going for the Lions on that side of the ball. For the Chiefs, we talked about this a lot in the offset of the show. Mm -hmm. You're going to be probably without the two best non-Patrick Mahomes players on the team with Chris Jones yeah. and Travis Kelsey. For the mm -hmm. rest of the receivers in this room now, because Travis Kelsey, while he's listed as a tight end, he's been the Chiefs' best receiver yep. post-Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. What does that now do for the rest of those guys walking into this game, the Sky Moors of the world, the yeah. Valdez Scantlings of the world, who are going to watch their roles change a bit tonight? I, I think it gives them an opportunity, to be honest. I think Kelsey, in a lot of ways, for a lot of people, has been an easy button because he is so talented, because he is such a force, because he is such a, a, a matchup nightmare, no matter who he's playing against or the defense or how much they prepare. And I think it's helped a lot of the receivers because he's also consistently there. Yeah. But it's like when you have him on one side, it does take pressures off of like last year, Juju Smith-Schuster. Right. And he's able to have a good season because he's seeing single coverage and he's, he's finding the zone that they're trying to prevent Kelsey and Mahomes from doing their damage. Well, without him and without that balance, I think it's going to – a, create an opportunity for guys, um, but especially the guys who can beat man coverage, right? Because when Patrick Mahomes needs to play and he needs a guy to get open and you don't have Kelsey to balance it, right. I'm going to be able to see exactly what you're made of. And if you can thrive in this environment, that's going to bode well for you going forward. So we, we've talked about the fact Chris Jones hasn't been there. So they've been playing and practicing without him. Travis Kelsey, <laughs> it's two days ago. Yeah. Where he, so take everybody where they can never be. Right. Right. In the meeting room, not so much on the practice field, yeah. but in the meeting room, what is happening with the offensive game plan when two days before the game, yeah. your best receiver is probably out? Well, you know what? I, if there's anybody who can do well on two days' notice, it's Andy Reid, yeah. right? Mm. This, this yeah. isn't him, like, getting hurt in the middle of the game and you're having to reshuffle a bunch of things. But I think also Patrick Mahomes, the last time they played without Kelsey, they beat the Steelers 36-10. to 10. Um, Byron Pringle, you know who that is? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. By Brian Pringle had his career game, right? And it's like the next man up. It's more probably a mentality that Andy Reid is coaching them, and he's more focused on Patrick Mahomes, and Mahomes has been here before. Yeah. It's going to get the ball out of your hands quicker. Um, it's going to, again, rely more on man coverage, not only because Kelsey is not there, but also it's the first game of the season. And what happens is there's the chaos of the unknown, which is like we don't we prepared, but we don't know exactly what we're going to see. So no matter what, it's probably just going to come down to can you beat the man across from you. And so I think Andy Reid is preaching that and more philosophy. It is an opportunity. It is yeah, next, sure. man up, next man up. Right? Yeah. This is, this is, we want to see what you have. It's cliche heaven Every right here. Every cliche that you can imagine, <laughs> Andy Reid is throwing yeah. in there right now. Busted, yes. busted out over the top of that one, no doubt about yes. it. We're talking to Andrew Hawkins here, getting ready for kickoff of opening night of the NFL season. We're going to get to some spicy yes, soup are. takes here in a second here. And, Hawk, you're not going to eat the soup. Hawk's, no. Hawk's rate to eat liquids on air is pretty high. We yeah, afford it's that crazy. Out it's crazy. So. It, it really spiked in the pandemic. Yeah, so, so we're gonna we're gonna get to we're gonna get to that here soon. I want to get to one other wide receiver in this match that we talked so much about the Chiefs. Uh -huh. The Detroit Lions. We think of the ground game. We think of the offensive line. We're focused on Jameer Gibbs and what they're going to do with him. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Really mm, fascinating guy. Yes. Coming off a great season last year. Ben Johnson, his offensive coordinator, sticks around. Uh -huh. What kind of ceiling do you think this player can have in the NFL? I, I think the sky is the limit because even in the situations we talked about when they weren't successful, the one. One of the bright spots they had was Amon Ross St. Brown because he can do so much, right? He's great at the point of contact. He's great um, catching the ball in 50-50. He can run after the catch. He has great routes. And so I think as he continues to develop, he is a guy that could end up being a top five receiver. I think he's probably already a top ten receiver yeah. 
right now. And I think undercover, them signing Marvin Jones is going to help him a lot because Marvin mm. Jones, which is crazy. He, I don't know if you know this. He's the oldest receiver in the NFL. Wow, he's he is. He's the oldest receiver in the league. Wow. Which is nuts because he was one of my rookies in the Bengals. But 33 is wow. not even that old. No, no. It's, no, I mean, it's like how people treat sports old. Like yeah, the minute you yeah, pass yeah, 30. Yeah. Oh, he's so old. It's, right, right. Look at him overcoming his advanced <laughs> right. age, his decrepit body. Right, right. His bad hips. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so Marvin has been, like, one of the most consistent wideouts yeah. in the league since he's been there. And his ability to run over the top. His ability to get open, his ability to take advantage when they are shading to a side, which he's been in his career, yeah. I think is going to really help Amon Ross St. Brown out. All right. Amon Ross St. Brown is a potential top five receiver. Right. Seems like a spicy take. Let's yeah. get him even spicier yeah, now. Mild. Let's get some help from our friends here at Campbell's mm -hmm. Chunky. So, again, they've got spicy soups now. Spicy. I don't know if you're aware. They're doing spicy soups now. Make sure you try them. We have got the spicy chicken noodle right, right here. And we've got the ghost pepper chicken noodle again. Oh, boy. Again, the spicy chicken noodle compared to the ghost pepper, this is about 13 times hotter yeah. than the other wow. one. So, Hawk, I'll let you start it off. We need a spicy take, spicy and then we take. need a scalding take here. Let's start off with right. the spicy, and then Dad and I are going to try the yep. soups and get ours. Spicy take. Russell Wilson and Kenny Pickett will be Pro Bowl quarterbacks Ooh. after the season. Ooh, all right. Wow. All right, okay, that's pretty like spicy. That. Pretty spicy. That's pretty spicy. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to eat. All right, Dad, let's try yeah. the soup, and then I'll get your spicy take, and I'll finish it off with mine, okay? All right, so this is the spicy chicken noodle we're going with here. Okay. That sounds spicy. That's spicy. So now you got 13 times that coming up. That's yeah. not your normal chicken soup right there. That's not grandma's. Wow. It's got a little kick. It's like more of the afterburn. It's a it nice, is. It's, it fits on the tongue really well. You know nice. what? It's, it tastes really well, and then it goes boom, kind of pops you. Very no, cool. That was very John Madden-esque boom right there. All right, here's what the, the take, boom. old man. Here's what the take. My take, Tyreek Hill will be the offensive player of the year. All right. He was, he was second in yardage to Justin Jefferson who okay. won it last year. Yeah, I don't know if that's it's, as spicy as the soup. I don't know if that's no, no, as spicy no. as the soup, uh, but I like the, it. The next yeah. one is a, the hot take. The hot this, take. This was a spicy one. Yeah. Next one's hot. That's mine. What's yours? Okay, I like that. All right, my this one I had to think long and hard about, and I had to go back and look last year. You mentioned Kenny Pickett. Yep. Threw for about 2,500 yards last year. Mm -hmm. Didn't play all the – I think uh, played and started in 13 games last year. And so I'm looking at the rookie quarterback class this year. I'm going to say my spicy take is Bryce Young goes over 4,000 yards this year. Over wow. becomes, one, becomes one of a handful of quarterbacks. Passing to or that. total? Passing. Wow. Passing yards okay. this year. We're talking about Andrew Luck. We're That's talking spicy. about Justin Herbert. That's spicy. We're talking about Cam Newton back in the day. I think Cam became the first quarterback. So I'll come full circle and say, I don't know if he breaks Cam's. I think Cam was 4,051 yards, uh -huh. but he's going to be within range of that this year. The receiving core is not quite the same uh -huh. as what a lot of those guys walked in. But I think what we saw in the preseason from That's Bryce Young is a lot of what I saw at Alabama, which is a guy with uncommon accuracy in his balls ball. and a guy yeah. who I think is going to have to. Because yep. I think that team's also going to be playing in a division where you're going to be in some tough games yep. against potentially shootouts with the Falcons, a yeah. great Saints defense. So I think that's he's going to have a chance. And that's battling a... back from games, right? Yes, Throwing exactly. a lot in second half. Those Same, are right? good ones, and my mouth is still a little on Spicy. fire. All yeah. right, yeah. well, mm -hmm. let's get up to the, the scalding, scalding hot, take hot take then here. Hawk, you start off here, right. and then we are going to try the ghost pepper chicken noodle soup. So this theoretically should be 13 times yes. spicier Thirteen times. than the previous take. Yes. Yeah. All right. Cleveland Browns will be in the AFC Championship. Ooh, okay. AFC Championship game? AFC okay. Championship game. This man knows how to spice it up. He 13 may have just, times. 13x, baby. Wow. Ooh. Okay. All right, Dad. All right. It's time for soup now. I'm 
I'm actually hungry after that Are you guys going to be able to give your take after you try this? You soup? might have to host the rest of the show. I was going to say, give me your, your cards, yeah. and I'll read your takes for you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Legit spicy. No, this, like I was say, this isn't acting for TV. My mouth is warm, and we don't oh. have milk. <laughs> Dad, all right, spice your take. Heat them up, Dad. My spice your take is <clears throat> along the lines of that. And I'm not basing it off a win tonight. I don't know if they will. I'm saying the Detroit Lions make it to the NFC Championship game. Oh, wow. All yeah. right. Pander Poppy, oh. I see you. My mouth <laughs> is on poppy. fire, but that was so good. It is really good, and wow. honestly, it's settling in nicely. It is it's mixing in with the barbecue I had earlier today. I'm going to keep eating mine. Yeah, I was going to say they told they told us before they're like, take a TV bite. We don't want you to succumb to the soup. Mm. And I'm like, I'm built different. I'm a You're big boy. Yeah, yeah, I got it. This stomach, it, honestly, is delicious soup. Again, taste taste the soup. Taste the soup. <laughs> taste the soup. <laughs> What's your hot take? My hot take. I, I I'm willing to like. Guarantee money in the bank on this one. Oh, I'm going to say mid-November. You're going to walk into TV Monday. You're going to turn on first take. Stephen A. Smith's going to be sitting there with Shannon Sharp. Uh-huh. And he's going to look up and say, Sam Darnold is the quarterback of the 49ers' future. We're going to have a two-week oh, wow. stretch at some point wow. in November this That's... season. Sam Darnold's going to get on the field right now. Uh. I think we could see a little bit of Brock Purdy regression this season. And at some point, he's going to see time out there. And somebody in the more in the sports media sphere is going to be talking him up. About the future. That's as, that's as spicy as that I can might get for be... you here going into this season. Check, please. That might We're be 26X. We're going to try and recover here and get back to looking up to the upcoming NFL season next on Gojo Agolik. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Andrew Hawkins. Mm. Hanging out here out in front of Arrowhead Stadium, getting ready for the start of the 2023 NFL season. Hawk just watched me and Dad both absorb the Campbell's Chunky <laughs> Spicy yeah. Soups we yeah. had up here were fueled by Campbell's Chunky, the official sued partner, a yes. proud partner of the Kansas City It's Chiefs, really good. I mean, I it, it definitely was hot and spicy, but... You guys hot guys? You could... Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah definitely. I can say. It's, that makes sense. You know, I, it's like, I, I'm, I'm white. I'm not that white to where, yeah, like, yeah, anything no spicy spice. just immediately melts me. You're not Dan O. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I can ah, say, okay. you're going to see Andrew Hawkins a lot on NFL Live this yeah. upcoming fall, and you're going to have to hang out with Dan Orlowski. Yes. And, like, maybe just sneak a little bit of salt onto his food in the cafeteria. So he has the worst food takes of all time. It's, it's really terrible. They're bad. Horrible. They're bad. Yeah, they're bad. So, thankfully, the NFL takes are a lot better than that. And that's what they're paying them for anyway. And that's what we're excited <laughs> to have you here, Hawk. I want to get to something where the world of college sports is going to meet the NFL here soon. Mm -hmm. Caleb Williams' dad had some interesting comments the other day relative to the draft. But 
as we're getting ready to open this season, so many people look at the Kansas City Chiefs uh, as head-to-head -head right now with one of your old teams in the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe yeah. Burrow has gone into that organization mm -hmm. and done the impossible, it seems like, willed them now to Super Bowl contending status. You yeah. guys had plenty of good years there. That combination of Andy Dalton for so long yeah, yeah. there was one that got you towards the playoff, but now it seems like, do you think they're ready to take that next step and be Super Bowl champions? They, yes, yes. Um, I think they've definitely shown and proved that not only are they ready to take that next step, that it wasn't a fluke, right? I think what they yeah. were able to do a year ago after coming off of that season where they were in the Super Bowl kind of showed that they believe not only that they have the ability, but they belong. And they look at the Kansas City Chiefs in a different way than everyone else does. They, I mean, they... Don't back down from them. They, they, they uh, get excited about the opportunity to compete against them, and they feel like they belong, and they want the opportunity yeah. to show everybody that they can knock them off. You know, we, as, as I think it's pretty evident the AFC is the deeper conference. Are we still – we always say one, two, three is basically Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Uh -huh. Are we still there? Are we still Kansas City, Cincinnati? Is Buffalo still uh -huh. there? Has Miami jumped up? Is it – Lamar Jackson and Todd Munkin now with the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, is there a, someone else that jumps in this top three? And, I, and who would you knock out? That's an incredible question. I think it's a top two. I don't think right. the Buffalo are in top three. Are you? Do you think their best chance is behind them? I don't. I don't know if they're. I don't. They don't have any more chance now than they've ever had. And that's how I view them. I don't think it's behind them. But I think you know, like everybody, a lot of things have to go right. But I don't look at the Buffalo Bills and say, oh, they're they're one of the teams to beat because we've seen this before. And in those moments, they haven't shown that, whereas the Bengals and Joe Burrow specifically have. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, as we're here dropping banners, he does it consistently. And I don't think Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, with the roster they have, the talent they have on defense and offense, have shown that we should keep them in that tier. Have you read into any of the offseason strife around Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen? That quarterback-receiver relationship, always so important. Stephon Diggs has been instrumental to Josh Allen's growth when they brought yes. him over there. It was different, but this offseason, we saw them actually have to address some things going into training camp. Does any of that worry you at the start of the season? Yes, absolutely. I don't think any of that is fake. You know, it's not like quarterback-receiver beasts don't right. come from nowhere. Like, we don't all of a sudden say, oh, there's trouble there. And then when people are addressing it in a press conference, where there is smoke, there is fire. And I don't know what caused the issues. A lot of it, I think, is, you know, Josh Allen becomes a larger-than-life figure. I'm sure, as every receiver does, you feel like you're the catalyst of it. The quarterback feels like he's it. Like, yep. the age-old thing goes when two superstars are together. Eventually, somebody wants to own the credit. And that's typically where the partnerships go the opposite way you know and I agree with you I think it is Kansas City and Cincinnati up here and then Buffalo the other teams are starting to either get even with them or pass them so mm -hmm. if neither Kansas City or Cincinnati is getting to the Super Bowl what AFC team is I beyond the the Browns hot spicy take I mm. gave you I will ex, well, you I will gave him in the AFC them. title game you didn't yeah. put him in the Super give, Bowl yeah I didn't put him in the Super Bowl I I like the Ravens. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a huge year. You know, everything that I've seen from Lamar, everything I've heard from him, everything, everything that I, I've witnessed when I'm around him is he is singularly focused on winning a championship. And I truly think the whole contract saga over the last couple of years did them a disservice, and I think he'll be focused again and ready to get going. And, I mean, we've seen the receiving weapons they've plugged in there. Obviously, you got Odell Beckham Jr. there. Brings yep. a wealth of experience despite battling back from some injury. And then Zay Flowers, 
Have you been surprised at how quickly and easily it seems like now rookie wideouts have come in and been able to make an impact with teams? I'm not surprised by it because I think what people are looking for in NFL receivers has changed. Like huh. when I was coming out, we were all looking for the six foot four, 210 pound positioning because then corners were like 5'10", 5'11". Sure. Right? Now the corners have grown. Now the corners are like six foot, 6'1", six 6'2", six which means they're not as good at changing direction. So now when we look at college receivers who can play right away, you're looking at route runners, explosion, and separation. Guys like Justin Jefferson, if you run routes like that yeah. and you can separate, then you can help any quarterback because the throws are easier. And that's what Zay Flowers does really well. Why? Because we're seeing running backs make so many catches out of the backfield as well, as many or more than wide receivers at time, i.e. see Austin Eckler. Mm -hmm. why, are they, why is their value going down? They don't have as much of a horizon as far as a career, right? Like, the NFL is all about potential. You get drafted based on a potential. It's not just stats. When you're in the league and you get contracts, we don't pay you for what you've done. We pay you for what you're going to right. do. Well, court or running backs in the NFL, in that moment where everybody else is reaching their peak, which is 27, 28, yep. running backs are going the other way. And the other thing the NFL does even more than try to pinpoint potential, they try to get out before it's too late. When receivers hit 30, no matter what stats you have, we start pulling back because eventually time is going to catch up for you. And unfortunately for running backs, your peak time now is your first contract. And with the rookie wage scale and obviously where you're drafted, it's just not enough time, opportunity to make the money that they typically have in the past. So you mentioned time, money, potential. Mm -hmm. I want to look at something as the college players make the transition to the pro. The college games change, NIL's out yep. there. It's a bigger factor than ever. Oh, Caleb yeah. Williams, the guy who's the presumptive number one overall pick of the upcoming draft, mm -hmm. reigning Heisman Trophy winner at SC. His dad came out the other day and made some comments basically insinuating that if they didn't like who was situated for that number one pick, there's a thought that maybe with all that NIL money available, Caleb might go back to school for another year at USC. Hawk, do you think we're at a point where that's a viable option for players going up against a draft structure that we know isn't inherently fair to players, rewards yeah. bad teams and bad organizations for their incompetence. Do you think we're there yet? Yes. Yes, I do. Short answer. I think that I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but when you look at what a quarterback will make in his rookie deal, even if you are drafted number one overall, there is potential to get not just a little bit more than you'll get on a per-year basis in a league in college, a lot more. Um, there were rumors of certain quarterbacks having packages between 13 and $17 million to come back last year or play a year. And if Caleb Williams comes out this year, he has the season we think he will, they contend for a national title, you don't think that they're going to be able to gather the NIL money to get him set 15 to $20 million for another year? And if I'm him... I, I think it'd be silly not to take that. So, first off, I completely disagree, and I'm going to need to see proof that a guy's going to get 13 to 15 mil in college. I, I, a, I don't see that yet at all. I, B, if you are going to be the number one pick in the draft, I don't care what your average annual salary is, yep. you are guaranteed – by, by the time he gets picked number one next year, I think probably, Bryce Young was about 25 to $27 million. So, say $28, 30000000 million, year, yeah. guaranteed in your pocket, as opposed to you not liking who has the number one pick, you going back, say you make eight to ten mil, and I even think that could be high, and risking an injury when you're guaranteed thirty million dollars. I'll use this line I've used on TV a lot. No way on God's green <laughs> earth will Caleb Williams, if he's going to be the number one quarterback pick next year, will he go back to SC? I disagree. I, I think I think we're close. I don't know if we're there yet. Just because to me, guarantees the interesting word. These NIL contracts, we're learning a lot about. And what does it look like if you're guaranteed for injury? And I think most importantly in all this is 
for Caleb Williams, there's no guarantee that right now you still deal with a finite time limit in college for your mm -hmm. draft status and for your eligibility. There's no guarantee that whoever holds the number one pick the year after is going to be in any better situation. Exactly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're opening yourself up to more risk yeah. for an uncertain amount of games. But I think we're close, and I think that's a good thing because the draft is an inherently bunk system when it comes to you reward organizational incompetence because structural parity dictated right. by the NFL is a lot easier than getting organizations that's not to be better than anytime they have been. soon. It's not changing, but with the advent of NIL and what is available, we're inching closer to that. And maybe outright pay for play soon pushes that over the goal line. Yep. We'll wait and see what the goal line looks like there. Let's get to some old faces in new places and rule changes around the NFL next year on the show. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome back. We are live outside of Arrowhead getting ready for kickoff of the 2023 NFL season. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., Andrew Hawkins hanging out with us here. And, guys, we were just talking, and I want to I pick this back up. We'll have plenty of time to get to some of the new faces around the NFL yep, yep. and where they've been, some of the rule changes, rule changes yeah. and where they could be going. Yes. I think we're at a really interesting juncture in the NFL life cycle, especially with special teams. And we can talk about how that's going to affect a lot of jobs, what yeah. that's going to yep. do to the visual product here. But we're talking also about the next wave when it comes to the business of the NFL. Mm -hmm. The NFL draft has always been a system that has rewarded not even just mediocrity, outright mismanagement Stink. of franchises. Yeah. <laughs> the NFL has structurally tried to create parity, and it's been lucrative for the league, to be clear. Yeah. It's worked when you can sell parity to an audience every year. The downside of that is it constantly puts the futures of great young stars in the hands of people who can sometimes mangle that. We saw that in year one with Trevor Lawrence. Had they not made the decision to fire Urban Meyer after one year, we saw how that was trending. So enter yep. Caleb Williams now, whose dad came out and made those comments about, hey, the potential of coming back to school if they don't like who's at that number one spot. Hawk, we've been talking just kind of explain to people some of the change in the epic economic picture yeah. around college football right it, now. It, it's a completely different landscape. I, I know personally a three-star, you know, depending on where, I guess you look on the sites, four-star, it's all subjective. But they're yeah. not like a big recruit by any stretch of the imagination. And they're going to be making 200 k a year in NIL money. Their parents travel to games. Um, they get hotel and tickets for them that they put them up every single away game, right? These are packages that even NFL players the, the don't The players right? with their money or the companies no, that are the, signing these they, players? The, it's completely different. They get their money, and then the player themselves, parents, are travel to games. 
Again, again, not from the schools. I don't know how the NIL system works, so but the, I know that the, the NIL system for anyone unfamiliar it comes through the are, companies. There are collectives right. around these universities, yes. booster groups that come together, pool this money that can then be used to in these NIL contracts. It's a player technically signing away the negotiating rights of their name, image, and likeness yes. to a group that basically pays them a salary. Right. What it's become in modern college football has mm -hmm. become somewhat of a bit of pay for play model. But to Hawks point, that money's not coming from the schools right. yet at this point. Right. But we have seen legitimate agencies, agencies that rep NFL clients yes. that all of a sudden have NIL divisions now. Yep. It's become, thankfully, because we've got horror stories like what's going on with Javon Dexter, the former Florida defensive tackle, mm -hmm. right. who's now suing a company he signed with who tried to sign him basically to one of those old industry deals where they take a cut of your money yeah. in perpetuity right. for years. Horrible. But, but now we've got legitimate agencies, legitimate people mm -hmm. dealing in the creation of these contacts in a way that's completely changed the game and changed the leverage for a guy like a Caleb Williams, potentially yeah. like a Drake May, who's also in that conversation. So, Hawk, I got to say, uh, you know, when, when we were talking about Kayla Williams' father coming out saying, if we don't like the number one situation, we'll go back to school, I had heard his money was three mil, and there's no way I'm going back for three mil when I got 28, 30 mil guaranteed. Yeah. But if you're right, and that money is 13, 15, 18 million dollars, and, and if Kayla Williams comes back, can come back for 15 million, I mean, on a single, I, I a almost six don't month, care. Yeah. A six month contract. I, I don't care who the hell is picking number one and saying I don't like the team. It doesn't matter. One year for 15, as opposed to you're guaranteed 28 for four. One for 15 is a is it's, a pretty sweet deal. So economically, it makes that sense. would change my mind. I, I have not seen that yet or heard that yet. So if that, if this is true, well, that is definitely going to change the complexion. And the, when you look at nil, one thing for sure is, and until they get something in place. The money's not going to go this way. No, it is That's not. That's not how it works. No, it's not. So even if it's not 15, 18 yet, it's a matter of time and not a five-year horizon. Right. Within the next three, four years, for the very top, that's going to be a first round or a number right, one overall right. pick, it will get there. But the rookie wage scale has done this yes. in the last 10 years. And that's where it's going to come to a head because – they're so, capping what rookies can make, and that's right. just quarterbacks. So, quarterbacks only make $25 so million I, over I, four yeah. years. I, I take back my Guides Green Earth uh, comment then. <laughs> In record what, time, by what, the way. Never if, seen if, that. If these amounts get to 12, 15, 18 mil, that's a, well, that's a whole different story, man. Because then you're talking about, yeah, 25 mil guaranteed in the NFL. You take a minor haircut, that's a minor haircut, yeah, yeah. Yeah, potentially a, you know, a seven, eight-figure haircut there. Yeah. But to go back and you're right. I think we saw this last year. Because remember, C.J. Stroud, there was more conversation about him potentially coming back to yeah. college before the draft right. there. Yeah. That was publicly. Now, we don't know what was going on behind the right. scenes, but right. it felt an awful lot like negotiations That's there right. to yeah. try and keep that player back. And for Caleb Williams, who has come over and almost single-handedly helped revitalize this USC program, mm -hmm. there's no telling what boosters who are vanity spending. Yes. Like, you're right. Like, it's going up because ROA is not a thing for them. These are the guys that want their names on buildings. These are the guys that want that feeling of knowing, look what I did for State U, are going to look at Caleb Williams and go, well, yeah, if I can be the booster to help keep that guy around, I'll fork over a little I, bit of extra money. This is chump change How about the me. difference of where we are? Remember, we all know a guy named Peyton Manning. Uh, who, who I, I covered, called his college games and NFL games. Uh -huh. Peyton Manning went back for his last year because he wanted to and wanted, thought the team had a chance to win a national championship. What an idiot. Doesn't, <laughs> does, does, 
question that almost makes. I mean, uh, now, now all the people my age, are, all the people my age are going, yeah, that's yeah. why you should go back. And all the, all the young kids like, are going, what, what an idiot. <laughs> but I mean, it is a different time where oh, now yeah. all of this, like, it is so much more of a business, and that's yes. why the players yeah. have pushed so hard. People have pushed so hard on behalf of the players because they looked around and saw what everybody else was doing mm -hmm. and saw all the money that's been available to the rest of this season that's become basically a junior NFL league now. Yeah. They said, all right, we're going to take some of this piece yes. here. And guys have been more vocal about that. Here's why I love NIL. And, yes, I think it will come to a head versus – you know, players having to make decisions to go to the NFL now or stay in college for another year. But I love it because, as you know, it's 5% of high school players get to play Division One football, if that, right? And then 1% of that demographic gets to go play in the NFL. So what you're looking at in Division One college football is 95, 96, 97% of them are at the peak of the thing right. that they've yes. worked on since they yeah. were 8 years old and they're elite at. They should be able, if you're at the peak of anything that makes money, you should be able to make money. And even Agreed. if it ends at four years and yeah. you don't play a down after that, because people love you at USC or Notre Dame or Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama, you should be able to benefit Or you got that. some money put away exactly. at that point as well. Exactly. Well, I think about a guy that you played with, and they just did the documentary about Johnny Manziel. Yes. Yeah. If that had been around when Manziel – now, listen, we know oh. ability-wise there were people that thought he could have attained more in the NFL. He said as much, and maybe he was, he was a victim of his own self there. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He but was. in college, he was still providing Texas A&M with an unbelievable advantage at that position. No and question. what we saw him make already in that documentary his versus money, what he could have made now. What he yeah. could have made if NIL was around that year after the Man. Heisman. Holy smokes. He might be the one – he might be the biggest beneficiary yeah. that never got to benefit from NIL. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. It's been wow. amazing to see. So, ultimately, Hawk, push comes to shove. The Arizona Cardinals, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a number of these teams, these team names that are getting thrown around in there. Do you think he actually pulls the trigger on this? Could this potentially be a real thing? And how much of that might be dictated on what SC season looks like this year? I think a lot of it is dictated on what SC season looks like. Because if they're not real contenders, you're not going to be able to garner the interest from boosters to put right. the money up. Put the sure. money up for it. Right. it makes a right. difference. But number two, I don't think if you're ever going to be a potential number one, nine times out of ten, you're not going to a great program. Yeah. That's just how it's it just is. It's not going to happen. It yeah. just doesn't. The Steelers yeah. will never be the number well, one Well, that's pick. the thing. So, so to sit right? there and say, his dad say he may not like the situation, you're, you're sure as hell not going to like it the next year because it's going to be the worst team in the league again. Right. So unless right. it's geographical for you, right. you know, I, I don't understand that part of it, which I, maybe his dad was really the code for money, man. Yeah, hey, we're, we're, we're coming back we're for a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, any takers? That's it. Come and on. There is nothing yeah. wrong with going back no. and looking around for the bag there, too. So, <laughs> yeah. use dad to do the bidding there. I think you're right, though. Ultimately, this is a system a lot of people look at and say needs tweaking, but that portion of it's not going to change no, any sign. No, it too. is not. And right. quite honestly, right. there's not a lot of impetus in Hawk. You know this, Dad. You talk about this all the time. For the NFL side to do anything else to change this, because we're talking about a couple of players couple every exactly year right. in every yeah. generation that right. are capable of garnering this kind of interest or having this kind of control. And the PA is not in the interest of going nope. and giving up things at the nope. negotiating not table for the few. to help a couple of yep. guys who are ultimately going to be fine right. no matter what here and now. So we've got bottles flying everywhere bottles. hell breaking wow. loose out here in we front should of have the chicken wire up here you know <laughs> not getting hit we've still got to settle the score over there at the vertical jump booth there hawk you don't need to take part in that we know yeah, you're embarrassing you us over it. there yeah. we're let gonna go see guys. what dad's vertical jump looks like <laughs> there but coming up next we'll take a look at some of the rule changes coming up and 
a little sneak preview of the rest of the season and a look ahead from some of our friends out in the desert. That's next here at Gojo and Golik on DraftKings Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back. Gojo and Golik here uh, at DraftKings Network. We are fueled by Campbell's Chunky, the official soup sponsor of the NFL. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., Andrew Hawkins. And we have had plenty going on looking ahead towards the game tonight, kickoff of the 2023 NFL season. Lions, the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs, getting ready to look up at a banner. But we want to look even further ahead with some of our friends from the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Mike Lombardi and Stormy Bonantoni going to look ahead at who they think is going to show up in the upcoming Super Bowl at the end of the year and a few of the future bets that they're most excited about ahead of this 2023 NFL season. Guys. Thanks, Mike. And Mike Jr., Mike Sr., now Michael Lombardi. I am really outnumbered here in the names department, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, we got you surrounded, Stormy. You're not getting away today. (laughs) You really do. But I'm very excited to be with you as we kick off the 104th NFL season. The Kansas City Chiefs obviously beginning their title defense today and you Michael in our recent NFL betting guide this offseason not only don't have the Chiefs repeating but you have the Bengals coming out of the AFC beating the 49ers in this year's Super Bowl why well I just think it's their time right I'm a big believer in getting good getting great and kind of working your way through it I, I remember talking to Al Davis about how many times the Raiders were knocking on that door to get to the Super Bowl and it finally cashed in and they went to so many conference championship games before they got there. And I think you need that. I think you need to build that resilience and find ways to win that one game, that championship game. And I think the Bengals have have positioned themselves to do that, right? They, they're just a, a punt return and a bad penalty, not his fault, a mistake, from maybe keeping the Chiefs from going last year, who ultimately won the game. So they're really close. They're a pass interference call that shouldn't have been called because there was a false start in the Rams Super Bowl from maybe winning that and perhaps a first down from kicking the tying field goal. So they've been very close. just think this is their year. What led you to putting the 49ers on the other end of that, taking over in the NFC? Well, I think continuity and the fact that they know who they are. A lot of teams out there spend so much time trying to figure out what they do well and what they can't do, and that's a growing error. That's growing pains you go through. You spend so much time doing things that you can't do that you get away from what you can do, and the 49ers know. They know what Purdy can do. They know what their team's built about, and they'll continue to improve that area. Plus, you know, they've had played the, the, the Eagles before. They kind of know what it's like to go back to Philly, even though it didn't work out for them. So, again, it might be their time as well. As a lifelong San Francisco 49ers fan, I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> and um, that would be the perfect outcome for me, though, is them getting on top of the Bengals in that Super Bowl. But we'll have to see. It's going to be a fun season ahead. I also want to make sure we touch on some of our favorite futures bets for this season, Michael. And, and both of us actually leaned in the win total department One team we've talked about a good bit this offseason has been the Washington Commanders. And 
while understandably I get why a lot of betters might not feel confident backing a head coach in Ron Rivera, maybe that six and a half wins feels a little bit too low. Well, I mean, look, they won eight last year, and they had Ron Rivera as a coach, and I think people are making such a big deal out of Sam Howe being the starter. And I keep asking everybody, how worse could Sam Howe be than Carson Wentz, right? I mean, how bad can he play? Uh, I know Tyler Heineke didn't. They did beat Philadelphia on Philadelphia's field, fair and square. They turned the ball over twice in that game, but got Philly to turn it over four times, which was rare because – Washington Stormy was one of the worst teams in forcing turnovers with their defense, and they addressed that with Emmanuel Forbes, the young man, the defensive corner from Mississippi State, to enhance that ability to make plays. Their front's good. Look, they should win eight games. They should be over this number. They had the Giants beat twice. They gave up a last touchdown to send the game to overtime in the game in the Meadowlands, and then they turned the ball over twice in the red zone in the game in Washington. So... I think they're really close, and look, the pressure's on. If Ron Rivera doesn't win eight games, he will not be the coach next year. Yeah, and to your point about the defense, maybe not forcing turnovers, but still a really solid unit, seventh in the NFL when it comes to scoring defense, allowing just 20.2 points per game, sixth in EPA, third in yards allowed. And now on the offensive side, you bring in a proven coordinator in Eric Bieniemy, see what kind of an influence that he can have on that group and the young quarterback in Sam Howell. I gravitated toward the Minnesota Vikings and their season win total over eight and a half. And Michael, this opinion, like I don't want people out there to think that I am naive to all of the one-score games and wins that the Vikings ended up having. It was insane. You remind me all the time that Kevin O'Connell shouldn't be allowed in Las Vegas casinos (laughs) because of how lucky he was last year. I just feel like a five-game regression considering the talent that they have on that team, especially on the offensive side of the ball, feels like a little bit much. Then you add into the division with which they play isn't as stout as maybe it's been in years past with Aaron Rodgers no longer a part of the division. And it I just get the feeling that because their defense, Michael, couldn't get any worse than it was last year and they bring in Brian Flores, maybe more of those pieces could come together than people are giving them credit for. Well, look, Kirk Cousins plays well. He puts numbers up. And he had eight comeback wins last year. I mean, eight game-winning drives to come back and win the game in the fourth quarter. You can't deny that. I mean, it takes talent to win those games. It was, I call it luck, but they did make the plays to produce the wins. And... You know, that does become contagious. And there's a belief within that organization that they can. And if you believe you can, you're not out of any game. And you're right. The regression might be three games, but it can't be five. Yeah, I mean, I get the 13-win season probably isn't going to happen again in this spot, but I don't need double-digit wins. I don't need you to win a playoff game. (laughs) I just need you to win nine. So I liked the over eight and a half. Is there anything else as it pertains to this season, Michael, that you feel like people should know, whether there's a, a team in the background that could make a run or an MVP candidate that people aren't talking about? I think Pittsburgh's really good. And I think we saw it this summer, and people are kind of jumped on the Pittsburgh bandwagon a little bit. And I think Cleveland's pretty good, too. Cleveland's got a really good team. It's, if not now, win for Cleveland. You know, this AFC is so competitive. There's going to be two teams that are not going to make the playoffs that could really be playoff teams in the NFC. So, you know, it's going to be competitive. We know the Raiders have improved. I mean, if you talk to anybody at the 49ers that practice against the Raiders, they were impressed. They thought the Raiders are really a much better team. So, you know, the AFC's loaded. Other than maybe Houston and Indianapolis where they're starting rookie quarterbacks, is there a team that you couldn't make the case could be one of seven in the playoffs? I think it's hard. I think you could. 
The AFC is absolutely loaded. And to your point about the Steelers, I don't know if you knew this, Michael, but Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. How many times have we <laughs> no. heard that this offseason? I just wanted to hear you say it. That's yeah. all, Stormy. That's what I'm here for. Give the people what they want. That's a, that's a wrap from us here in Vegas and Michael over in Ocean City. We're going to send it back out to KC for Mike Jr. and Sr. Stormy, Michael, thank you guys. Appreciate all the looks ahead. Uh, guys here looking ahead to tonight, we got news that we've we been do. wondering about all day long. Courtesy of uh, Ian Rappaport over at the NFL Network, Chief Star Travis Kelsey is out tonight against the Lions. He may give it another try before kickoff, but either way, the bone bruise should not keep him out long term this season. Hawk, is this the right move for tonight? Absolutely. I, I, when I heard that he potentially could play, I didn't think it made sense. It's a long season. We know that you're Super Bowl contenders. We know that we're going to need him healthy down the stretch. It doesn't make sense to play him after an injury that happened so recently when you could probably get the W without him. Every player wants to play. That's why you need the coach to take mm -hmm. the helmet away or the medical staff to take the helmet away and say, let's live to fight another day. Yep. If it were playoffs or to get into the playoffs, probably be a different story. But, you know, Noah Gray gets a chance. You know, yep. you have Blake yep. Bell. Matt Bushman gets called up from the practice squad. So it's an opportunity for the next person. There was nobody on the field that can match Travis Kelsey and what he can do, but they've worked around things before, have Patrick Mahomes in this yep. offense, and I'm sure they'll do it again. Yeah, I think this has been the story of the last couple of years, and I couldn't believe how much hell I caught for saying that going into this game tonight, Patrick Mahomes, who already exists on his own plane as a quarterback in the NFL right now. No question. If he goes into this night without the second and third best players on the Chiefs team here, that that should further the divide even more. The fact that this Chief... People have pointed out, yeah, they're still almost a touchdown favorite. I think four and a half favorite on DraftKings, four and a half point favorite on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Why do y'all think that is? It's because they got 15 <laughs> yep. back there yep. Yep. and yep. because everyone believes they can overcome that. It is legitimately impressive if they walk into this game trying to defend their title on opening night and manage to get a win against the Lions team that's favored to win their division right now. Yeah. That, to me, is another feather in the cap of Mahomes, but it seems like we've already, Hawk, hit that fatigue point of people with talking about Mahomes the way we did with, like, a LeBron James. It's crazy. You get so good that you become boring. Yes. Right? There are safeties and uh, linebackers that are very happy tonight for Detroit. <laughs> Very happy tonight indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.